the Germans escaped general religious conflict in arms. This was because the Germans had fallen into a sort of tessellated map of free cities, smaller and larger lordships, little states and big states. The whole was under the nominal sovereignty of the emperor in Vienna, but the emperor had neither income nor feudal levies sufficient to impose his personal power. At long last, the emperor, being challenged by a violent bohemian, that is, Slav, revolt against him, counterattacked and proposed to reunite all Germans and impose not only a national unity but a religious unity as well. He would restore Catholicism throughout the German states and their dependencies. He all but succeeded in the attempt. His armies were everywhere victorious having for their most vigorous recruitment the Spanish troops, who worked with the Emperor because the crowns of Madrid and Vienna were in the same family, the Habsburgs. But two things came in to prevent the triumph of German Catholicism. The first was the character of a usurping family then reigning over the little Protestant state of Sweden. It had produced a military genius of the First Order, the young Swedish king Gustavus Adolphus. The second thing which made all the difference was the diplomatic genius of Richelieu, who in those days directed all the policy of France. The Spanish power in the south beyond the Pyrenees, backed by all the newfound wealth of the Americas and governing half Italy, the German power of the empire lying in the east together threatened France as a nation like the claws of two pincers. Richelieu was a Catholic cardinal. He was personally attached to the Catholic side in Europe, and yet it was he who launched the Protestant military genius Gustavus Adolphus against the German Catholic Emperor, with his Catholic Spanish allies, just when victory was in their grasp. For Richelieu not only discovered the genius of Gustavus Adolphus, but discovered a way of hiring that genius. Richelieu had offered him three tubs of gold. He stood out for five and got them. Gustavus Adolphus could not have imagined the great future that was in front of him when he took the French gold as a bribe to attempt the difficult adventure of attacking the prestige and power of the Emperor. Like Napoleon and Cromwell and Alexander and almost all the great captains in history, he discovered his talents as he went along. He must himself have marvelled to find how easily and completely he won his great campaigns. It is an astonishing story. The brilliant victories only lasted a year. At the end of that year, Gustavus Adolphus was killed in action at Lutzen, near Leipzig, in 1632, but in so brief a time he very nearly established a Protestant German empire. He very nearly did what Bismarck was to do two and a half centuries later. Even as it was, he made it forever impossible for Germans to be fully united again, and equally impossible for them to return as a whole to the religion of their fathers. He established German Protestantism so firmly that it went on from that day to this increasing in power, until today, from Berlin, it inspires in a new paganized form the great mass of the German peoples. What is called Hitlerism, or Nazism today, whatever its future fate, is a despotic and powerful control established by the Prussian spirit over all the Reich. The religious wars in Germany gradually petered out. 
By the middle of the 17th century, as I have said, a long lifetime after the first fighting had begun in France, there was a general agreement throughout Europe for each party to stand upon its gains, and the religious map of Europe has remained much the same from that day to this, that is, from about 1648 to 49, to our own time. Now, anyone reading only the outward military story, with its first chapter of violent French religious war, its second chapter of violent German religious war, would miss the character of the whole thing, though he knew every battle and every leading statesman and warrior. For there underlay that great affair another factor which was neither doctrinal nor dynastic nor international but moral. And it was this factor which provoked fighting, imposed peace, and decided the ultimate religious trend of the various communities.